Okay, welcome back to Never Iron Anything Comics Review Podcast. It's episode 157. This week, the co-host chair is our buddy, Al Henderson. Uh, how you doing, dude? Good, thanks. Good to have you back. How are you? Everything good in the world of uh, Mr. T? Yeah, <laughs> being an absolute bastard, everything's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is actually the fourth podcast in August, and the third one we've, we'll have put out if it goes out today. Cause yeah. We did two right at the start of August, didn't we? We did um, Superman, and then we did the Johnny Cannon one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it this seemed to be thick and fast when it wants to be, and uh, <laughs> then again, you're you're about to go world trotting, and uh, yeah, and, uh, I'm going to Baltimore and SPX if you, anyone's there. Come say hello. Yeah, very jealous, very jealous. Well, you've done Baltimore, haven't you, before? Because you always I tell have. me about what a good OA show it is. I have. It it is, and and it's where I met the um, the artist that we'll be discussing tonight. Oh, did you? Um, okay. It was at the. I'm going to say the Heroes Initiative table. It might right. have been the Comic Book League Defence Fund. It was one of the charity tables. I get you. Because you know. he's with Felix um, now, isn't he? If the uh, he's, he's been with yeah, since about this 2016. Was, he, he was yeah. there doing a signing and um, and a little sketches. So that was nice. Yeah. Well, good on him. So, mm. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, are you busy? Busy with comics? Busy? I, I'm guessing you're busy with work, but are you busy getting some comics <laughs> time in? Or? Uh a little, but as I say, my creative element is is is, is really slowed still. Uh, or I go through little waves of going, "There's there's another ten, and then sit back for yeah for a bit, and then go, "There's another ten. So I am about two thirds of the way through the next Penguin book. Okay, it will, it will be there. As I say, I I really like to get it out this tax year. For um, uh, I was going to say you're going to get it out before that. Christmas, but tax year makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So between now and next April. <laughs> um, but that, yeah, that's that's just me being my as a whole my, page on your tax return. Isn't it? Let's face well, it. Yeah. Well, it's more about the fact you want to offset previous losses and all that sort of Utilize them properly. And, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. no, um, printing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Staplers. That, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, oh, yeah, that box went in, in the garage. Suddenly got very wet, and there's the stock written off. But, uh, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> You've had a few accidents. Um, we're getting old now, yeah. you see, that's what happens. Well, that's what happens. Yeah. But, but not beyond that, as well, it's about you know, getting ready for, for other bits and pieces. I've got a, a event next month um, in Glasgow, the Acme um, big event. Oh, there. you're doing that, are you? And, uh, yeah. You've done that and, one before, um, though, haven't you? Yeah, I've done that yeah. a couple of times. It's, you know, it's a big media event more than, you know, with comics there. So yeah, that's what I, I suspected it was. Yeah. It pays the bills and all that sort of stuff. Isn't there like some the, kind of back issue show as well, Dave Craner was telling me about? Yeah, so Glasgow's quite good for having lots of little marts and little shows like that. Yeah. Which um, Edward's not so great at. Right. Um, however, there is going to be a show held at the end of November in Dunfermline. Oh, yeah, um, Decaf or something. Is it calling decaf. itself? Yeah. But I'm sure there's already a Dundee thing called decaf, but let's right. confuse okay. matters. But yeah. so yes, the Dunfermline Comic Art Fair is uh, or festival event, whatever, um, is taking place. I want to say the 25th, 26th of November. I can't remember. Okay, exactly. yeah, I think that is right. Actually, because I think Dave Cranor was telling me about it. Time. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so I'm signed up for that as well because that's oh, cool. Um, it's Colin Maxwell that's that's doing, and the guys, oh, the rest of the guys from the Brew Gooders that are um, doing a lot of the organisation for that. So, um, oh, good stuff. We like them. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's um, next to the little hero shop 
in uh, in Dunfermline, oh, right. which um, is a popular comic shop and was nominated for an Eisner Award this year. So I saw they went out to it, didn't they? I think they went to the... Yeah, uh, I think it was the first holiday they'd had in 10 years or something. Oh, God so bless they, them, yeah. they treated yeah. themselves and said, yeah, let's, you know, why not? So um, if you if you can get into the show for free, there's the, the time to do it. Uh, nice work. Good stuff, man. Yeah. Now, yeah. Um, you've chosen to this week's uh, little uh, taster. Um, yeah. It sounds a bit like a science project, this book. <laughs> It's part of, like, we talked about doing a Vertigo book and you suggested this one. Um, what yeah. have you chosen, dude? So, yeah, you said let's pick something from early Vertigo. And yep. I actually thought this was slightly earlier, perhaps, than it really was. Well, yeah. Still nice, isn't it? Just, yeah, yeah, it's still nice. So I, I picked Heavy Liquid by Paul Pope. Yeah. I've also read his subsequent book to that, which was 100% um, yeah. by, by Paul Pope, uh, which is another Vertigo title. Now, Heavy Liquid was a five-issue miniseries. Um, as you say, came out in the the late 90s. Oversized, though, isn't it? Each issue seems to be about 40 pages or something, I think. Is that right? Yeah, it must be. Um, yeah. I've got the details in front of me here. It does not. 46 pages, apparently. Oh, okay, right. Um, from um, from comics.org. Uh, originally published in 1999. Yeah. Um, story and art by Paul Pope with colours by Lee Is it Lowridge? Lowridge? Yeah. Um, Probably my one of my favourite colourists, him. Yeah. He's, he and c- he's comes up a lot. He came very, up, he was did scalped actually, funny enough. Yeah. And it's a very interesting colouring set of choices that are made through. Yeah. And there's a reason for that colouring we may get to in a bit, I'm going to say. Mm, um, yeah. Because it's influenced by another artist who has influenced a couple of moments in this. Um, okay. Now, mm-hmm. this was originally collected and released, and then later collected as a Vertigo title. Um, the image uh, currently it's available from Image, um, twenty four dollars ninety nine. Um, be careful about buying the Image copy. I bought mine and it fell apart pretty much on the first read. Uh, you can hear it click in there. Is, is the, uh, mm. the it might just be a single? You know, these sometimes it happens to a single trade in a run, doesn't it? Where there's yeah. not enough glue on it or something. Um, it's got pull quotes from Gerard Way, Brian Azzarello, and Raphael Grandpa, all of whom are fans, stroke contemporaries um, of Paul Pope's. Um, and um, the the collection I've got, the Heavy Liquid by Image collection, has got a lot of the breakdowns in the back. Uh, sort of, I'm going to say they're pencil, but they seem quite. Have you got this breakdown of panels in the back of you, dude? Um, no, I don't. So I, the version I've got in front of me is the hardcover DC collection from right. 2008. Oh, okay. Right. Which um, only has the covers in the back. Right. I don't have the covers in this. Oh, yes, sorry, I do. Sorry. A, sorry. There is a couple of pages that are like the thumbnail sketches. Okay. And then yeah. a sort of tighter sketch. Because um, I heard it, I was listening to a podcast, a rather ill informed podcast this morning, who was saying that. They think he goes straight in with pen, and this doesn't appear to show that. This shows it appears to show some pencil work. Um, yes, I, I think it's a mix and match. I can see yeah. why they think that. Um, yeah, because it certainly has. He has a style that has that sort of freeness and looseness that that it's kind of like no, I'm just going to go for it. And yeah, however, there's things he does with architecture that's very precise. Yes, you sent me an example earlier, that, didn't you? Yeah. yeah, I don't think you'd be that precise without using pencil. 
but for the and maybe that's you know maybe pencils the background and goes straight ink with the individuals and the yeah. characters there's, there's a possibility for yeah there's there's things. there's a limited cast in a way in this mm. you know there's, there's the main character well let's, let's let's get to our question so first one um is how did you first read this dude so i would have first read this as issues um, right okay back in 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 1999 uh 2000 i guess when it came out yeah um why because it was a vertical title and it was a mini series therefore yeah. you go it's got the badge of, of vertical so i'm going to you know do that and mini series means you're not over committing so you were able to say i'm not going to kill myself if if, um, <laughs> if i don't like it type thing yeah um also i think and this Paul Pope is the one of these people that certain others rave about. Yeah. And you kind of go, I, I need to get on this because everybody else yeah. says he's good. Yeah. So you talked about your pull quotes. Now, that's one of the pull quotes in the back of mine is from Vibe magazine. You know, okay, there you go. Where you're like going, yeah. oh, it's, it's the trend. You know, and he, he's very, or at that point, he certainly was the next big thing. Yeah. Um, and... You know, he has gone on to influence a lot of people, so maybe there's some some, some truth in that. So, it, it, this wasn't my first exposure to Pop Book, but it was a case of saying, yeah, here's here's a, a new miniseries from Vertigo. It has a style and look about it that makes it interesting and slightly different from other things that were on the shelf at the time. Um, I'll you know we'll we'll talk about his history as when we get yeah. to it, but it also has. It has an art style that's much more in the manga background than perhaps the classical American background. Or the yeah, UK I've seen it referred background. to as manga fusion. I think it's quite a nice little yeah. phrase. Yeah. Um, and that made it different at the time as well. So that would be another reason for picking it up and, and saying, okay, let's, let's give this a go. Mm. Uh, yeah, so that, that's certainly how I would have come yeah. across it at the time. So you did, had you read any Pope? I didn't, man, no. And um, right. I... Uh, I I don't know why. I'm one of these blokes, if people tell me something's amazing, I, I go in hesitantly these days, and I think I was maybe a little bit mm. back then as well. Um, yeah. But I I didn't... I really liked his Batman book, Batman Year 100. I did like yeah. that. Um, I think it opened... No, that's wrong. I think it opens extremely well, that sort of race across the, the, the yeah. buildings and everything. I think mm. it was lovely. Mm. Um I never, before we started recording, I was comparing him a little bit. We we're talking a little bit about Aldred, and I kind of feel the same way about him. I just don't, I appreciate the work and the style and the ability, but it doesn't tick my box, I suppose. Um, it's, yeah. it's an ugly art. <laughs> that seems that's that. Yeah, I mean, I, I usually mean, love that, that brushy, instinctual yeah. stuff, you know. Yeah. It, it takes a while, I think, to get used to it. I mean, you, you were going to ask, what was my first exposure to him? My first yeah. exposure to him was actually through um, Oni Double Feature. Okay. Which yeah, yeah. was the great missed opportunity of an anthology title. <laughs> yeah. Um, I said, it's not a missed opportunity. That's unfair. It ran for, for 12 issues and it, it just... Only double feature was going to be the next Dark Horse Presents. That's true. It There's more food in some of them as well, time. I'm going to say. Yeah, 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 Girl Scouts. Of course. Um, yeah, yeah. Was in it, I'm pretty sure. And I'm thinking it was the first exposure as well to Barry Ween and, and oh, all that sort okay. of, sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah. 
So, you know, only double feature, I think it, it was, it, to me, it was my chance to get on the ground floor because I hadn't got on the ground floor with Dark Horse Presents, it, you know, and uh, I always think with some of these anthology titles, if you're, if you join them halfway through, you're always sort of chasing your tail with the yeah. rest of the stories and stuff. So, only double feature was the, the you know, the, the, the new books that came out from Oni and it was their chance to say that we're going to take some some chances with some different artists and, and art styles. So it helped. I had the Jane Style and Bob storyline in it as yeah. well. Yeah. Which meant people would go and, go and buy it for that. But it, it, you know, it introduced people to lots of new different things for that. And that would have been my, certain, you know, certainly my first thing for... Do you for know what? I think... I think I've got a few of those issues, so I think I do have him from back then. I do have mm. comics from him. It's one of those things you sort of. I think I've got the um, um, the Criterion edition of Lone Wolf and Cub as well, which I think you did the cover for. Yeah, you did the cover box set cover for. Yeah, that, yeah, I think I own that as well. So, and that's where I think you know as a, and he's done loads of DC covers of late. That seems to be his, his yeah. stock and trade of of, of yeah. Um, but he's as I say initially. Because I, I had friends who had read some THB. I, I've never uh-huh. read any. I THB, haven't, yeah. yeah. Um, who utterly raved about it. And like you, it was, it's, 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 THB is almost one of these things where it's this, this mythical independent comic that if you didn't get it when it came out, it was almost impossible to get. Yeah, and okay. Therefore, you know, and, and I know there was stuff that was later reprinted by, by Dark Horse and stuff. Yeah. But, you know, it was a case of, at that point in time, you were like going, well, I've missed it. And it's, it's, it was small press, essentially. So you there was no way to get it. Um, But he was being held up as the, the, the hot thing. Yeah. He is, he looks like a rock star. Or he certainly <laughs> did back in 1999. He also looks like the bloke in the comic. <laughs> He looks exactly like the book in the comic. And if I'm going to tell you, if you read, get around to reading 100%, yeah, I've seen some pages, char- so I get one yeah. of the characters in that looks exactly like him as yeah. well. He yeah. clearly uses a lot of self-reference, which is fine. I've got no issue with that. Yeah. But um, though it does raise questions about, and when we get into the story, what <laughs> what is um, his, his tipple of choices? Um, <laughs> yeah. Which is heavily lent on in this. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. But yeah, he, as I say, so he, he was one of these people that you're going... Yeah. Now, I would have then read The Only Double Feature and read this, and I remember thinking, you know, it, it takes... My tastes at the time would have been much more um, classic spandex comics, if you will. Yeah. And as I say, I would have seen this and I, and I would have gone, this is, this is a really ugly art style. And I just make it bad. That, that what I'm meaning by that is it's a, it's a, it's messy and it's um, okay. it is rough and ready. You know, in the same way, I, I, you know, I, I I'm trying to think who you know if people have never seen it, what would would like him to. Jeff Lemire has a very similar yeah. look. Yeah. Um, you know, Sli- know, slightly less proportion thinking. proportionability as Pope has. Yeah. Pope gets the human figure in a different way, I think, than Lemire. Yeah, um, but yeah, but I get I'm that completely, man. Yeah, yeah. Dry brush approach, and yeah. you know, so it, it takes a while to go. How, how do I get comfortable with you know? And it, and then it suddenly clicks, and you go, actually, this has got the motion in it. This has got the you know. There's there's very few, you know, nothing static in terms of the way he draws things, and 
particularly you know just a lot of motion a lot of things and that's because of his background with regard to the manga yeah yeah definitely um before we get too far into it dude mm. did you want to give a little summary of what this comic's about <laughs> for i know i'm gonna go i was gonna say what I, I suggested you read um the back the blurb from the back you said no i've got something i'm gonna say which which might not only tell um, us what it's about but also explain some frustrations explain, we have with it you know yeah so rather than give the official uh, it's a future where new york has evolved into a scientific metropolis <laughs> yeah rather than go down that route i was gonna say like this starts as a near future storyline where you're going oh it's a gang story where yeah. something's been stolen and people are going to be chasing around finding that and you go i mean don't get me wrong man i sent you a message after reading the first issue with like a little perfect mm. sign i love the first issue well, yes, you know. yeah yeah and you're like going, all right, great. So you know, it's it's going to be a, a chase hunt and run around with the, the gang. Yeah. You know, and then it becomes a, a PI story. Yeah. Where he's got to go find a missing person, and you're like, all right, I don't mind the, the PI, you know, a bit of noir. Yeah. And there's some noir elements that are brought into it in terms of you know the the maiden and the you know the or all this sort of stuff about trying to track people down and things. And you're like going, okay, but nothing seems to have really happened with the gang piece. It seems to have kind of gone away. And then um, towards the end, it becomes a uh, let's meet, have an alien encounter. <laughs> becomes full but, sci-fi, doesn't it? It becomes sort yeah. of mainly noir, but set in the future. And by the end of it, we yeah. get some sort of strange. Though, but... by well, I was going to say, by the end of it, you are left going. Is this actually happening, or is this just him well, saying this is my fever dream? Yeah, drug trip. Because <laughs> so, the, the, yeah. I think there's there's an attempt here to do fear and loathing in a in a manga setting. You know, there's a little yeah. bit of that, isn't there? You know, he's a man. He seems to manage to travel across the world and still have two jars of drugs in his pocket at all times. Well, clearly customs yep. aren't working, doing their job in those days. But yeah. Well, it's also got you. the Sorry, New York to, to Paris in three hours. That's what they're saying, isn't it? You know, yeah. And there's the throwaway line about, ah, oh, can you imagine what it used to be like in the past when this took eight hours flight or something, you know, and that sort of stuff. That's when he's sitting um, there and he has his teeth pushed into the back of his throat because it's going so fast, isn't it, that bit? Yeah. And yet then he has yeah. to take a train later on and it goes really slowly. And I'm like, I don't understand. This is just purely for narrative con- construct, you know. Um yeah, it's it's an yeah. interest. I have to say, I really enjoyed the first issue. Um, there's some really interesting elements which we're going to discuss. Um, and by the time I hit issue three, I, I honestly, man, I found it interminable. Um, I began to began to not care what was happening. Um, it rambled to me. I felt that it rambled so much. I I, I, I gave up a, on it. You know, there is a weird mix of pacing as well. Yeah, there really in is. That there? When yeah. things are fast. They're very fast, and there's a handful of pages every now and again that are um, wordless, and you know things move along, and yeah. you know as you say when he gets in the plane and, and and flies at great speed and all that sort of stuff, and the jumping around the trains and, and things is, is yeah. so great, and there's a jumping around a rooftop sequence as well, sort of sequence, and but then there's a it's immediately followed by uh or i'm doing two talking heads for six pages yeah talking about his boots talking about what kind of boots he's got on yeah and i i it it's it is it is a weird mix and match of that and you know i'm not saying it's bad i just i just think 
it could have done with a good editor. It could have someone like, come on, first issue is a cracker. It, what are you doing? There's there's bits of it yeah. read like Mad Libs. Yeah, you know, where it's if if somebody had turned around and said this is one artist and fifty writers, as you know, at the end of each page, it's handed over to the next writer to go, and now this happens. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, like, you can imagine. All right. Yeah. You know, um, I, I can be because. I will say that there's you know there's pages in here that are absolutely stunning, and oh, frankly, I... if you open it at any page and just ignore the dialogue, you kind of go, "That's quite oh, nice amazingly quite impressive and... the 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 ability um, he's got to put in on a page, and only yeah. and I know he talks a lot about Toth, doesn't he? he did that um, Toth yeah. podcast, mm. and th- he talks a lot about how from a distance they use this one example there. From a distance, this man looks like he's sneering when you when you close up. It's literally a very short line that gives that impression and you can see he uses that on a lot of this um yeah mixed up with a lot of other stuff as well but yeah the the ability he has to i'm not sure he he he's nowhere near as good as emotions as toth obviously but there's there's a lot going on there i I don't know you get a lot of what's going on i mean a lot of it reads as very angst as well but maybe that's part of the we, sh- we should say there is a big, you know, underlying part of this story is the fact that the, the heavy metal is being used as, look, it's a substitute for, for heroin. In the, for yeah, and creativity you, and artistry. Yeah. And, well, I mean, it's the fact you, you have to cook it to get into liquid to make it, yeah. to get it into your body and stuff like that. And I'm like going, all right, yeah, fine. Yeah. And you got to imagine this, <clears> this was during, I mean, this is during the 90s um, yeah. when, you know, the, the, the big myth about you know hard drugs was cocaine nobody does anything creative on cocaine but you know um everyone else was on heroin who produced any of the great art that had come out between you know 1955 mm. and, and and 2000 sort of thing and yeah, yeah but what is it what is he saying about that liquid what is what do you think he's saying in it dude do you think he's saying it's an avenue to creativity if you it's a tool or is is it though what's he saying there well no i uh He's saying that it does provide, you know, it's it by taking the the heavy liquid. <laughs> to be clear, taking it through his ear, you've got to drop it in your are... ear, haven't you? But <laughs> but there's a, there's an, an intimation at the end that it's it's a being, isn't it? Yes. So it well. So initially, it's about saying that it's about it's almost about giving him an out of body experience and saying it gives him a broader image and gives him the ability to understand the world around him in much more intense ways than than without it and that's why he keeps going back to it because it's like how do i how do i move things forward with with you know finding people or seeing you know what i what i need to to to, to deal with the you know the, the fighting the gang or whatever like a super clarity uh, isn't it almost you know yeah and yeah. that's and again that's a bit of that sort of fear and loathing piece where it is like so you know when, when you're on it you're on it yeah. Um, and then it has a has a downside with it. But what it what it then goes on to suggest within the book and leads us to say that the reason that you have that is because that the alien is actually with you at the time. Yeah. So there's actually there's two of you seeing things, not just the one type thing. Because there's one moment towards about two thirds three where it moves, doesn't he? He, he misses mm. his ear and he, and he sort of is shocked. So it just it just moved towards my ear. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. And the you know the very very end sequences is him when he starts talking and shaking hands with the yeah. the ghost figure. 
Yeah. It's truly bizarre. But, uh, anyway, um, it's not bizarre. It's just out of context with the rest of the story. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, yeah. The, you know, had that been the, the, the thing from the beginning, when you would have gone, by the way, there's a symbiont alien being who lives inside you, who's coming through the black, you know, like you, that would have got. Yeah. But this is the whole. It, you know, it's only when you take the drug that it gives you the the other alien, and then suddenly they're there. Yeah, I, yeah. As I say, it, there's a lot of mixed ideas in the writing with this. Yeah. I think that's, you know, my long and the short of this is, look, Paul Pope can draw. Yeah. Paul Pope can layer a page. He can do action sequences. He can do everything. Yeah. I'm just not convinced that he can write a story of this length. It's it's weirdly autobiographical as well there's no getting around it he looks mm. like the person who's in it um he is you know this sort of he's in the city he's based in there's there's a quote i, I heard him say he's there's a white um, unbelievable in it but there's a wired interview with him um where he's he says the following what that he was taught at kadansha and he went and worked for the manga company kadansha um we did they don't care this is what they said to him we don't care what the story is about just give us a character we can care about Give us personality we want to look at, that we want to understand. And that's what he's done, but he's done it with himself, to me. He's created mm. a comic, he's transplanted himself into another reality, in both you know that sort of uh, psychedelic drugs, drugs reality, but also into a comics reality of a, a dystopian future. And the whole story is about him. So this, the centre of it isn't... There isn't really a palpable easy to explain story here whilst there is one it's not perhaps as easy as you might think but there is a story about him wandering wandering the planet yes. you know wandering yeah. well wandering that arena and he's only called s isn't he i think he's yeah. only ever identified by the name s i think um or see this stalker at some point or something like that right I suppose okay have got the s but yeah it's um yeah, that everyone calls him S, and it's a weird um, set of font choices they've used in terms of the the word balloons. The, the yeah. letter S is oversized, regardless of where yeah. it's used in a word balloon, um, which is quite again, it's just an interesting. Right, stooge, that's what he's called throughout. He is the stooge. The stooge, of course, thing. he is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and the, the circular. And, speaking of speaking hmm. of lettering, man, the, the 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 word balloons in this are unusually circular. Um, and whilst they're not, we go back again to that manga influence, don't we? There, there's a little bit of the manga about the um, laying out of the word balloons in this, actually. Especially when we get to the Spanish speaking, for some reason, they seem to um, be one word, like return, one word, return. You know, a bit like mm. that in it within a, within a balloon. It's in, it's an interesting effect, anyway. You know. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so no, I, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's heavy liquid. It's yeah. um, it's worth looking. You know, if you can find a cheap copy, no, yeah, do, I agree. Do so. Give it, give it a go, and if nothing else, look at it. And sorry, we didn't really get into the coloring. So, oh yeah, this is where, this are... is where I was going to go next, actually, man. Funny enough, yeah. so. Let me link. Let me link it with the masks. Yeah, yeah. So we 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 have the comment. There's there's a gang in it who appear at the start and then they kind of appear a bit further in, don't they? Almost towards the end. Yeah. Um, and the leader of the, the leader of the firm has a mask on him that is a clear Picasso homage. Um, yes. It's got that sort of face on a 
you know, the eyes and the nose aren't in the right place, you know, in this mask sort of thing. And he's, um, he's a bit, I don't know if you remember the TV series Ideal. Do you remember that? He's no. like cartoon head. So there's a bit of that going on. But the, the homage to Picasso goes into the colouring, doesn't it? Which you're going to mention as well. Yeah. So yeah. throughout the book, there is essentially two colours used with different degrees of intensity. Um, so, because initially you might think, oh, it's, it's a, because the first few pages look like they're black and white, but it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a blue, it's yeah. a purpley blue. And, yeah. and and white that's kind of used there and then this pink is introduced yes now and it's it's more than an accent color because yeah. some panels are all done in pink and some panels are all done in blue and it is uh, there is a degree of intensity in the pink though that particularly when it gets to some of the flashback sequences where it's almost taken to a full-blown red in terms of saying this is the you know so you yeah. can differentiate the flashbacks but it, it 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 gives the pink and the purple bluey color are quite fastly at times, so it does give a degree of softness that creates um, a really interesting atmosphere with, with a lot of the the places that he ends up going to. Yeah, um, that means that it's there's there's a, there's a scene in, the, in a bar sort of three quarters of the way through where he's he's getting sushi, which is one of the scenes that really confused me having read both this and 100% at the same time. Oh, does it happen in both because, books, is it? <laughs> yes. All right, okay. Um, yeah. For entirely different purposes. Um, but you get the feeling that it's like, you know, it's not, it's not a hot restaurant, but it's quite, you know, you get the, there's a warmth and a, and a comfort that comes with the fact that so much of it's done in pink on that page. While there's scenes that are done as, as outside, particularly thing, there's a, a, a page I absolutely adored of a sort of New York... Um, alleyway back which yeah. i shared with you versus yeah. and compared it to an eisner page where again it's basically the blues and, and purples where again it's creating the you know it's giving you a feel with regards to just creating the the color helps add to the atmosphere it's, all, it's now, almost but, to me counterintuitively nicely counterintuitively to what mm. we see these days in you know in so-called cyberpunk which seem to be just a glare of pink pink yes. and purple this yes. There's through the ability the yeah no there's not is there there's there's a dirtiness about this but it still gives that cyberpunk future dystopian thing a go it's, it's still yeah. very palpable but yeah we don't have to do that overpowering fucking color that seems to hurt everyone's eyes these days yeah mm-hmm. now so, there's did you I, discover the reason for the coloring no i didn't okay so this this is i think i got this in one of the interviews i read I'm trying to see if i made a note of it. it may have been the wired one I think it was Podium. I read into him Podium. And the colours in Heavy Liquid, the pinks and the grey blues, which you just mentioned, are an homage to Picasso's blue and rose periods. Right. So it's another Picasso reference. It's interesting um, that he's gone with that. Um, Picasso being one of the the present, the people present as, you know, an overhanging presence in this series mm-hmm. and the, the mm-hmm. other so which is you know i get i get that completely i can imagine you know he's, he's a student of fine art he talks a lot about fine art in a number of the interviews paul Pope, i imagine he's an influence yeah. the other the other influence that i kind of find from the start there is um byron now there's a quote at the start of it all farewells should be sudden when forever um and it, it stuck out for me that line in the comic i thought now nah. i think the girl says it to him and he's leaving 
Um, and I thought, no, I've got to look that up. That's clearly uh, something else. That's clearly a quote. And it's from Byron. And let's face it, if there was anyone that emulate, <laughs> in comics emulates the mood that I get from Byron, it's Pope. Do you know, yes. I mean, Paul Pope. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I didn't. I didn't tell everybody that. It's, it's an interesting one when you start googling Paul Pope and everything comes up with John Paul. Yeah, Pope I know. The, uh, Paul Pope the <laughs> Second, John Paul the Second. Yeah, I know. Wouldn't that pain the ass? Oh, yeah, oh. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's fun. The yeah, I mean, he's, he's got other influences that he's that he's quotes about being you know a, a lot of Italian and 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 you know he's he, and French artists. Yeah. Um, but he also, as you see. Hugely influenced by Toth. He actually mm. references Jack Kirby as a, a, a major influence. A later well. influence, doesn't he? So he didn't get him to start yeah. with. Yeah. And if you read the solo book that he did, which is from the, the again, the um, was that a vertical book or was it just DC? Just uh, DC. Okay. It's um, the, the one he won the Eisner for the short story, didn't he, for that one? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's got a, um, a it, basically, it's got an OMAC story in it and there's a, a sequence of that that opens up with the the woman in the box the, oh, the robot okay. that you get to put together that's a straight lift from kirby and so you again you yeah. start to see how some of that all, all, all comes to issue one of curb issue one of omac as i recall isn't it i think mm, yeah. yeah 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 no. um so no i think should we talk should we talk a little bit about him and then i want to go back yeah. to with another theme that i sort of discovered so paul pope born in 25th of september 1970 um, in Philadelphia, th as we said, three-time award win uh, Eisner Award winner, studied fine art at Ohio State, which explains a lot of the fine art references. Um, compute, completed some comics, and then went off to work at Kodansha, who's a massive manga producer in Japan. Um, quoted some of his influences in a number of interviews: Ta Daniel Torres, Bruno Premiani, Alex Toth. We said Tony Sammons, who's a little bit of a more of a obscure kind of reference for me. You'll know him because mm. he did a lot of DC work, didn't he? I guess. Yeah. Um, the Hergé, um, he referenced. Now, this is the one that really caught me was Hugo Pratt. Um, yeah. and I can see some of his figure drawing. Uh, Pratt like, yeah. If, if you put the main character from Heavy Liquid into a um, particular style of hat, he would, yeah, be yeah, yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? Yeah, identical exactly what I was thinking, actually, funny enough, man, yeah. And um, the uh, the bed and breakfast I stay at in Glen, the end of the building. There's a drawing of that there. Yeah. <laughs> I see it when I walk home drunk. But um, yeah. and then he claims later Kirby. Um, he's a massive Steve Rude fan. I can remember as a kid buying um, the first magazine format uh, Nexus. Um, massive and and that and nostalgically talks about anecdotes of when he was hanging out with with Steve Rude. Um, and he says when he's asked by an interviewer, I can't remember who it was now, comics experience maybe, but when someone asked him, you know, who's influencing your work as you draw, he said there's two Steve Rudes framed, uh, framed on my wall within reaching distance as I draw every, every day. So that's an interesting one. One I wouldn't have put together, to be fair. I think I find Rude smoother. Um, yes. However, the way that Paul Pope draws Batman both in year 100 and in the uh batman black and white that yeah. he did and a couple others that has a that has a rude feel about it 
in terms of the okay. the character design, the the la- it's the the smoothing of the nose. Oh, okay, interesting. In, in, in the cowl, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, I can see it a little bit, but that, maybe I'm forcing it. Yeah. Um, the other one is Frank Miller. I mean, he, he considers a close friend of his. Um, the uh, Wired magazine describes him as equal parts manga and classic European pop art, which I kind of dig. He, he himself on the Hazlitt dot um, net interview says i consider myself a pop artist too um with mm. but with modernist sensibilities it's interesting um he um like you say he late he admits to only later discovering the the strength of kirby but the him late being a later influence um in he developed whilst at kodansha he developed the manga super trouble for them um worked for dark horse as you said vertigo 2006, he won for Best Story, Teenage Sidekick, which is in Solo Issue 3, which is a collection you got there. Um, 2007, won two times Eisner's, two Eisner's for um, Batman Year 100, which is probably my favourite work of his, I'm mm-hmm. going to say. What, what about you, man? Yes, I mean, but it, it's... You're a Batman fan, aren't you? Yeah. It, the, as I say, he's done a number of um, Batman short stories as well, which end up in the Batman 100 collected edition. Yeah. It's... Um, Again, it's a mix of when he does wordless sections in the Batman 100. It's amazing. Yeah, I agree. I think actually, some yeah. of the the dialogue it can be a little bit heavy, but that's... yeah, yeah, a little bit too explanatory sometimes as well. I think he, mm. he, when he's set free a bit more, he, I mean, it looks beautiful. It. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, I love it. The fight with the dogs just pretty beautiful. Um, in 2008, you got the um, the the very difficult pulp hope, the art of Paul Pope. That's not an easy one to say at a news agents, is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, he's got uh, pulphope.blogspot.com, which, um, .com, which sadly hasn't been updated since 2020, December 2020, but there's a lot of great stuff on there worth reading. Um, as, as he's currently with Felix Comic Art, who are repping him. Um, if you go to the Felix Comic Art podcast, which is a great little podcast, actually, there's a sort of 15, 20-minute interview with him when, when he just started there. I think it's 2016. Um, almost every, almost everything is sold out on the Felix site, apart from a few, which I thought I'd quote some of the prices. Do, you remember Dark Knight Returns Golden Child? Do you remember that series? Yeah. There's, he did a cover yeah. for that, and that's 6K in dollars, $6,000. Harley Quinn Invades the um, San Diego Comic-Con. There's an interior page for $2,500. Um, Ecstatics, interior pages, that, which, there's a number there, which range from um, $1,000 to $2,200. And there's a Batman Year One. You can buy from issue one, one to four, the story pages. I guess they all come together, um, the way it works in that book. And all four of them will cost you $72,000. Um, as we said, he did the Criterion Collection for Lone Wolf and Cub. He's done a number of sort of um, covers for things like that. He suffers from t- Carpal Tunnel. Um, and he is trying to do... A, well, he keeps saying he's going to do this book called The Tower of Paul Pope. Have you heard about this? Nope. Which is kind of, well. yeah, it's kind of um, like how to do it, like a how to draw, how to create comics right. sort of type thing. That, that I was going to say, well. he, he is on Instagram as Comics Destroyer. Oh, right, Lord. of course he is, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, for a while he was publishing, putting things up very frequently. It's, um, it's been uh, two weeks since he last posted something. Oh, it's not bad, um, that's all right. But that, yeah, yeah, whatever. The, uh, <laughs> um, but no, it's, it's worth keeping an eye on that as well because, again, it's a lot, a lot of good sketches in there and weird and wonderfuls and you'll see lots of different, you know, 
everything from Momo from Cub, as we say, through um, work that he's done, actually, uh, that's, I see it's been liked by our friend George Pratt. Uh, oh, there you stuff go. Stuff like that. Where, nice. But, you know, some some Native American stuff. And also, oh, cool. anyway, yeah, yeah. everything that's in there, you know, and it, it, it is a lot of good sketches and, and things. Yeah. Which I actually think is when he sometimes at his best, being, you know, really just go. Yeah, yeah. You know, that in, I said yeah. instinctual before, but we like like that sort of just that skill, that talent coming through on the pages, isn't it? it just lays mm. it down. Yeah, mm. no, yeah, you're right, man. So he's a man who's been there. He's you know slightly younger. He's slightly older than you, slightly younger than me, and um, he's uh, travelled the comics and the fine art and the advertising and the album covers and the DVD covers and all that. He's travelled that world even to the point of 1999. He's done a lot of stuff. You know, he's been employed in Japan, you know, by that point. Yeah. To me, there's a few things that stick out in this that lead me to think it's a commentary on the art world. Um, it's There's a couple of quotes. Here's one of them. It's easier to buy art than to make it, um, but oh, so much finer to make it. Um, that seems to me to be a commentary on either, you know, or it might be all of these of, you know, comic publishers, book publishers, fine art dealers, stuff like that. Then he says they killed art. They killed art years ago, and they replaced it with a simulator. Um, yeah, which I which think is, is very great. prescient. Yeah, <laughs> see, God, the, yeah. But yeah. it's a quote from from nineteen eighty nine versus you know a little before. How is he feeling? I, I, now? I also yeah. think it's very interesting that in both this, um, in both the heavy liquid and in one hundred percent, he you know there's a lot of things actually in it where I'm like going, how much of a futurist is he? Because yeah. there's you know, there's things predicted in this where I'm like going, that's, that's not that far away from, you know, or things that didn't necessarily really exist in 1999 but have now come into place. Not least of which is the use of, any time that they do either a telephone call or a, a video call or whatever, it's called a thread. Yeah. And, yeah. and I thought that that's fascinating in terms of how that he gets to that. It's a bit like that useless but, I mean, phone app that's just come out. Yeah. <laughs> the... You know, but certainly the the bit in Heavy Liquid where you know it, the person, the missing person that he has to find is is the artist who turns out to be an ex girlfriend. Go Which is also interesting. Uh, so he's searching for the artist is is part of it to mm. me. You know, he's searching searching. Maybe is this yeah. drawing too much of the feminine <laughs> side of the art world? You know, yeah. of his or of, of his own artistry he's trying to find. But um, this is where the you know it wasn't very hard for him to find her, which seems awfully. You know, yeah, why no. was he selected? Here? I don't know. And, I, I may, I've given up by that. I was just reading, looking you know, at the art on pages. Yeah, and and she's gone. You know, she you're right. She's done something. You know, arts been replaced with simulation. She'd kind of given up about being an artist, but again, flips pretty quickly to say yes. She'll work for the um, collector. Now, do you do you want to give out the collector's name? Uh, remind me. We were in down. Mr. Gaylord. Oh, of course it? it is, yeah. Something Gaylord something, in it? What's the second yeah, word? I'm yeah, I'm trying to find the other thing. But, but yeah. I was just like, going, what? All right, fine. Um, and it was just like, really? Maybe it's, sort of, but, it's a bit of a sort of English name, I was thinking at the time. Mm. You know, that sort of kind of posh English bloke thing going on. It's yeah. like Gaylord Schultz or something like that. Yeah, I think like, you might hey, be right. Yeah. That, it has that. Where, but again, it's the flip where she immediately goes, okay, I'll do it. You know, and you're going. If you're you've run away to Paris to not be an artist, and suddenly you're immediately back onto it. I don't, and against this, it's a weakness in the. I think in the, 
there's a weird thing here, but you know, if this story had been told over sixty issues, it could be really, really good. It's and it's, 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 it's a problem with the pacing at times. Yeah, Gaylord Schmelz. There you go. Gaylord Schmelz. That's a name, isn't it? That's a name and a half. Schmelz. Yeah. Oh, it just suddenly appears that name. I felt like saying, "Why yeah, are you saying the whole name? Why are you saying all well, that?" Well, yeah. Given that it's all like, who is the you know the collect the collector being the person who's asked him to find the artist? Yeah. Because not only is heavy liquid. Um, usable as a drug, it can be mixed with other metals to create a weird alloy that creates interesting art. Um, <laughs> again, it's mad loops. What are we going to do next? Yeah. Make, make art out of it. Yeah. But yeah, there's certainly something in here where it's. Uh, going... well, and I don't think we understand because we're not true artists. We, we don't. <laughs> no, no, certainly not. Not, uh, yeah. Oh, piss artist perhaps but that's yeah, another yeah, story for yeah. another day the um i i'm with you i like to look at this yeah and and you're probably about that the one story that you of his that you did not mention when you were doing the rundown of um okay of his work that is worth i think calling out is his adam strange that he oh did yes as part yeah. of wednesday comics oh man what an experiment um, that was. i kicked myself for never buying that hardback the oversized hardback. Do you? I guess you got it, did you? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I've only got the originals, and they they look yeah. a bit like I don't want to keep taking them out of the bag. Those ones. Exactly. There, yeah. there was always a what, what, you know how do you store those originals? And because there's a reason that they were properly newsprint thing. You know, but it should disintegrate with time. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's so it's it's again another one that's. Worth checking out again because it's possibly smaller and tight, well, bigger in terms of the size of the page. And I believe he works on big bits of paper. Oh, okay. Um, but you know, it was a tighter, you know, storyline and that that whole thing about having to hit beat points at the end. You know, you had one page every month, um, every week. I can't remember. Did it come out weekly or monthly? Did it? I can't remember. Well, I think it was weekly, wasn't it? Off the top of my head, is that right? Uh, could have been. Yeah. Quite a while now, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, 2009. Right. A week, yeah, yeah. weekly anthology. There we go. Um, but it, yeah, it was certainly one I think is is, is worth being aware of because it's. Uh, I, he had it, and Adam Strange works as a character for him, being that he is really good at sci-fi, yeah, dystopian outlooks on. Yeah, where doesn't it's not all it, shiny it's, and bright and you know, oh, yeah, it's spaceships. Ugly sci-fi. Yeah, it's the you know it, it's you know it's Red Dwarf. It's not Star Trek. Yeah, it's that sort of, sort of mix where it goes. It's not quite perfect. You know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so he has that 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 mix. So I would recommend it as part of the thing as well. Cool. Um, just to finish off with, I think I probably made my. I told you today that I'd made a terrible mistake and I'd listened to a number of interviews with him. In. Um, but uh, the influences outside of comics these are the ones he quotes in one of the interviews was philosophy, food dreams, Carl Jung healthy relationships and music Uh, at which point I texted you (laughs) (laughs) but um, it's not I'm glad you do you know what he's always one of those creators I always thought I need to read more of you know maybe if I read some more I I would get it a bit more I'm not sure but I'd I, I, I can look at some of the pages and I like, fucking love them. He has a habit of mm. doing um, 
a sort of two-thirds page splash with two smaller panels down the bottom. It's a sort of recurring yeah. structure thing that he does, and in this, certainly in this, and it looks lovely. I think that I think that really worked for me. Um, but um, I'd like to see him do another. I mean, he's certainly better than a lot of the artists and a lot of the creators we're seeing at the moment um, in the big two. And you know, I'd like to see him get older, something like a Batman or a, you know, something yeah. similar, Moon Knight maybe, something like that. Um, but oh, yeah, see someone else write it for him. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Or write it got, with him. Yeah, like, someone who's out the, there. You know, it'd be lovely to see him back with with Miller doing some more stuff with Frank Miller. You mm. know, somebody like that maybe Warren Ellis. Warren Ellis with his sort of big ideas might help. Um, mm. You know, the, the sort of parallels on there. Um, <coughs> but yeah, thanks if, for that, man. I was going to say if I can very briefly touch yeah. on Hundred Percent, which is the the other mini series <coughs> that came out. Couple of years after Heavy Liquid, yeah. Uh, so it's it's fully black and white, um, but lots of really interesting grey um, tones that, that go through it. Uh, it's more of a, it's kind of three stories. It's all love stories. That, are, that sounds a bit, but it's boy meets girl, loses girl, uh, girl meets old, a different girl meets um, old flame who's a toxic relationship, and then the, the final story, which is girl meets friend who doesn't expect to get into an interest and, and and does but there's there's it's and then they're all all the stories are interwoven yeah um again very beautiful to look at there's scenes in it where you're where one of the artists is an installation or sorry one of the people in the, the storyline is an installation artist right and maybe i was reading it during the edinburgh festival and i was thinking <laughs> yes i bet that, that annoys you they, <laughs> they've got some you know they've gone oh where this woman walks around the stage dropping eggs and that's that's her art and i'm like going i'm pretty sure that is a fringe show yeah, <laughs> yeah um, i think you're right yeah but i i of the two while i love the coloring in heavy liquid i actually think 100 percent is a better read so okay. if people are only going to choose one i would say read 100 percent. don't read them back to back because they are it gets confusing okay <laughs> right? yeah not least of which because a couple of the characters look quite look similar. very similar yeah yeah but yeah so that, that that would be the other thing i would add good stuff man good um i've actually got two suggestions one of which you've mentioned um for our next one mm. um we can have okay. a chat about in a minute um so you you've got acme i've got um spx and baltimore um anything else you're digging reading at the moment dude uh digging reading at the moment i'm just working my way through the monthly DC runs and that's right. um, there's bits and bobs in that that are I read are the Gnaught swimsuit special today it was terrible I I, I chose to pass on that one <laughs> Did you, are um, you reading Peacemaker no no I, oh. I saw that you were you know, fucking great <laughs> there's a there's a super villain powered by cocaine in that so there are parallels to this read <laughs> um <laughs> Joker, the man who stopped laughing, is, is oh, okay. a really good series. But I would, you might as well wait until it finishes now and pick it up as a treat. Yeah, yeah. Um, which was, it's drawn by the artist that did Magneto Testament. So the, oh, nice. Again, oh, well, I'm all over that then. We, yeah, yeah, I like his stuff. Yeah, Kama Kelly so. was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm. oh, great. The um, so, I don't. Are you going to pick up the new Flash book? I don't know. Um, no. Why no. or should I? Well, they're rebooting it, aren't they? They're giving it large. It's oh, the new Swamp sorry. Thing or something. I don't know. Something that sounds like it's probably not, but you know, um, Isn't everything. Yeah, the, everything's <laughs> the the next big last thing. Are you are you uh, giving I, Night Terrors a miss or are you reading it? I'm entirely missing it. 
right? Okay. And yeah, I think was. That there's, and it was partially because, uh, you know what? I, I'm. It's a sort of. It's a jumping on point. Ah, oh, that means I can jump off. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's I, one of these sort of things that DC does quite well, doesn't it? They do this like event that gives everyone a bit of a breather before you go back yeah. into the main book again. And now we've got this sort of Batman Catwoman war thing coming up, haven't we? Or just exactly. started. And yeah. Stuff. So no, I, 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 the same way that I ended up giving death metal a miss, I thought I'll oh, leave night terms on. Though I am hearing that one or two of the individual episodes. Yeah, the Joker one's good. good. I mean, Simon Russell were talking about that Slack and he said, he said I should read it and I did dig that. And it's nice to see um, Sandman back. Um, in mm. his gas mask, that's quite cool. Dead Man's About as well is quite pretty good. Um, there's a couple of the, the Flash. I wouldn't give the Flash one a go. There's the Batman and Superman ones. I mean, the Batman's just a fucking other retelling of his fucking origin again. Like, Who needs? Who yeah. needs? That's the... I know, I know. Yeah, there's a load of falling pearls in that, which did amuse uh, Mr. Cumber. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, oh, cool, man. Good stuff. Um, we, we were chatting about we've got a few Kickstarters on the way. Uh, good to see Johnny. Oh, by the way, if you're listening to this, you hopefully um, will have listened to the Johnny Cannon, um, the United going underground. If you haven't, go back and listen to that, and you've you still got a couple of days to back it. Um, he's almost at 100 backers now, which for a hardback book like that, it's cracking numbers, I think. You know. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be a lot of trips to the uh, to the post office for him. So, uh... <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, he's got strong legs, he tells us. So he'll be fine. That's true. That's true. He'll <laughs> do a. An arms day as well as a legs day. Yeah, he needs to work on that arms, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff, man. And uh, thanks for that. Where can we find you online, dude? Um, on certain forms of social media, just search for at Pendagwin. Are you in all the new places? Are you on that blue no. sky thing and all that? Blah. No, you've got to have a friend invite you to blue sky. Yeah, we've got any friends, friends of Anna, we? So What's going on? Yeah, we're on the Slack. Come and join us at the uh, Awesome Comics Podcast Slack. Um, yeah. which is a good place to be. Everyone's friendly, and there's loads going on there at the moment. I think it's loads of chatting, which is nice. Loads of sense. It's starting to get stuff. difficult to keep up with that. I'm going to have to drop a few of the channels, I think. Because <laughs> well, it's nice to know that. Next. Yeah, 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 it's good, yeah. We had a big, there's a big conversation about it being Crumb's birthday yesterday, so we'd, uh, and then a couple of people went back and listened to um, our little podcast with Eamon, which is, I think, the most mm. highest rate, the most listens of any on this channel, uh, which is quite nice. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Um, I've Go and find me neveronanything.com. I've started doing a uh, tops and bottoms, I'm calling it, of uh, Longbox Mountain every Wednesday. It's the best thing I've read that week and the worst thing I've read that week. Uh, and compare and contrast. So have a look at that. And uh, otherwise, uh, thanks out. And we'll see you in a second.